Support comes from Adelaide Interiors. Their design team can expertly manage every detail of your renovation and remodeling project from start to finish. From bathrooms to kitchens, appliances, cabinets, countertops, flooring, and coverings. More at Adelaide.com. Support for The Zest comes from People's Gas, delivering clean, efficient, and affordable natural gas for cooking at home with precise temperature control. More at floridasenergy.com. You know, why are Italians so much slimmer than us, yet they eat pasta more often than we do? Yes. I'm Robin Sessingham, and this is The Zest. Citrus, seafood, Spanish flavor, and southern charm, the zest celebrates cuisine and community in the Sunshine State. The Mediterranean diet has just been ranked the number one diet again by U.S. News and World Report. It's the third consecutive year. And if you're looking to eat healthier this year and cook with a Mediterranean flair, we've got some advice from a St. Pete doctor who's just written a new book on the subject. Support for the Zest Podcast comes from Seitenbacher brand natural foods like muesli cereals, oils, oatmeal, energy bars, gluten-free fruit gummies for the kids, organic coffee, and more. Available in supermarkets, health food stores, or online at seitenbacher.com. Dr. Stephen Masley lives a pretty good life. He lives half the year in St. Petersburg and then spends the rest of his time cruising the Mediterranean in his sailboat. He sails from port to port, exploring the local outdoor markets, shopping for the freshest ingredients, and asking the experts, the fishmongers and the produce vendors, about their family recipes and the best ways to prepare the seafood and lean meat, vegetables, or bean dishes. He compiled his research into his new book, The Mediterranean Method, your complete plan to harness the power of the healthiest diet on the planet. Dr. Stephen Masley, thank you so much for being here. Oh, I'm delighted to be with you, Robin. I want you to tell me about your life. You divide your life between St. Petersburg and St. Petersburg, Florida, and you said you sail the Mediterranean half the time. Tell me about that. Well, to research this book, I committed to spending almost a year sailing around the Mediterranean and going from port to port and eating at little mom-pa cafes and shopping in all the markets and buying food and, and, and researching why do people in the Mediterranean live so long? Why do they have such better health? Why are they, you know, at 85 and 90 still vibrant and out shopping every day? And it was, you know, I was... You can't do it from St. Petersburg, Florida, as much as uh, and and I have to admit it was pretty darn appealing to go to Europe and sail on a sailboat from port to port for um, basically almost a year. So you're living on your sailboat, living on half the year here at home, and then for the last couple of years for this book, half the year on the boat. How how'd you get to be such a good sailor? Well, I grew up sailing. I raced competitively as a kid, and I had a job for a little bit in college a summer as a sailboat captain in France. And So you have written this book called The Mediterranean Method, Your Complete Plan to Harness the Power of the Healthiest Diet on the Planet. So 
we've been hearing about the Mediterranean diet for a long time now. Yes. What made you decide that you wanted to write another book about it? Well, you're right. I mean, since the 1950s with um, Ansel Keys, and then, you know, the in the 1990s, there was the Leon Heart Study that came out, and that really changed my career as a physician in the early 1990s, when the first time ever... For every 12 people you had followed the American, instead of the American Heart Association diet, the Mediterranean diet, you could prevent one heart attack and stroke for every, I mean, that was like as powerful as taking an aspirin a day, more powerful than taking statin cholesterol meds. That kind of helped change my career. Is the Mediterranean diet. It, it that did. study came out saying that, that it was that good for your heart. And, and then just in the last couple years, there's been another very large Mediterranean diet, PrediMed, out of Spain. Once again, showing if you follow a low-fat diet versus if you're randomized to a Mediterranean diet where we add more olive oil and more nuts, you reduce the rate of heart attacks and strokes. But they also showed that you had less diabetes, less cancer. Um, you were less likely to have memory loss, and even your cognitive function improved. So, I mean... So, we should make it clear. Um, you've written a book with recipes, but you are a medical doctor. I'm you, a physician, you, you, you know nutritionist. I started in family medicine, mm -hmm. but I've um, been publishing with the American Heart Association and doing research studies since the early 1990s. You've really been specializing so I'm a fellow, in heart yeah, health. Yeah, heart health. I've been, yeah, how to promote heart health, how to prevent heart disease has been a big part of my um, background. And I'm, you know, with the Department of Family Medicine here at USF. The um, the twist that you have in your book is that you're you've gone a little bit low carb because um, when I think of Mediterranean, also when I think of Italy, I'm thinking of a lot of pasta, yes. a lot of bread dipped in oil, pizza, I mean, really good bread, you know, French bread. Um, but those are pizza. kind of myths. Yes. That isn't how people eat every day, like in Italy. You know, why are Italians so much slimmer than us, yet they eat pasta more are often they? than we do? Yes. Oh, we're on, we're on the verge of reaching the 50% obesity rate within the next 10 years in the U.S. Hmm. Italians are much lower than that. Part of it is when they do have it, they have as an appetizer a little tiny portion on a salad plate. Hmm. And then they have the main course with, with vegetables, beans, protein, um, so when we eat pasta, it's this huge platter. So we've kind of lost our portion control. It is. It's like the never-ending. I always feel like when I get a big bowl of pasta, I eat and eat and eat and eat, and I haven't made a dent in it. So, you know, they do give us big bowls. Yeah, so in Mediterranean method, you'd be eating three to four to five bites of pasta if you had pasta, and then you'd go on and have the rest of your dinner. Okay. So your twist then, as you call it, is low glycemic. What, explain what low glycemic means. Well, um, they've done analyses where they look at when you eat food, how much does your blood sugar jump after eating a serving of food? That's glycemic load. Glycemic load, blood sugar rise from a serving of food. And they've compared all these different foods and they've been able to analyze it. And they realize that some foods have a lot higher um, jump in blood sugar level than others. Like bread and sh table sugar are almost the same exact score. Does that mean they have the same effect on your 
organs on, yes. your, on your body? Yeah, on eating bread and eating table sugar is really the same thing. I mean, texture-wise, from our palate perspective, they taste different, but they have the same biological impact. Your, your body looks at it. And, and the number one cause for both heart disease and for memory loss and diabetes and aging, for that matter, is blood sugar control. So we really don't want to, uh, so it's not cholesterol like we've been thought, you know, for years, but we realize blood sugar is the number one cause for all of these. Okay, so why aren't you touting the ketogenic diet, um, which is no carbs and no sugar? It's because it's nutrient deficient. You're going to get old before your time. It's a short, you know, the keto diet is a great way to lose weight quickly. But unfortunately, you oftentimes usually gain it all back. So you feel like this is a more moderate. uh, Far more effective. I wouldn't say moderate. This is more effective. When they've looked at one-year weight loss studies, a Mediterranean diet was as effective as the paleo, low-carb, keto diets for one-year weight loss. Okay, so we've been, we're talking about... What not to eat, not to eat the bread and the sugar and big, big portions of pasta. But Mediterranean food is delicious. So what are you touting in this book? What are the what are the recipes uh, promoting? Well, let's look at what's the heart of the Mediterranean eating plan. You know, we're talking about cuisine that comes from Spain. France, Italy, Greece, Turkey, Northern Africa, and then, you know, even extends beyond that to, you know, to Portugal and other places where there's influence. So we're talking vegetable, fruit, beans, nuts, uh, olive oil is the predominant cooking oil that we, lots of herbs and spices, far more than we use, especially garlic and Italian herbs and French herbs and um, things of that sort. Red wine with a meal, but red wine in moderation, not really much other forms of alcohol. A little bit of dairy, some poultry. Um, theirs is probably mostly free-range poultry in contrast to coming from a, you know, a factory farm. Um, there's not a lot, you know, what do they not have? They don't have preservatives. They don't have much red meat. They do have whole grains, but the, when they've done analyses and they looked at the Mediterranean diet, grains provided the least benefit of all the components of the Mediterranean diet. Okay. And if you follow, do the combination of Mediterranean foods and low glycemic, you get, that's the best combo for reducing memory loss, for reducing heart disease, and for extending longevity. So what's your favorite recipe in here? There's only now. Oh. I want to say this is not really a cookbook. The, you explain what the Mediterranean method is. You explain uh, that it's good for your heart. It's good for your memory. You talk. You break down a lot of of methods of how to keep the Mediterranean diet. And then at the back there are fifty. 50 recipes. Yeah, some of my favorite recipes are in here. So, you know, that's like, you're asking me like, what is my favorite child? <laughs> Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, but no, I would maybe the paella because it's, I've changed it. I came with the low glycemic version of it. So instead of paella in Europe, it's usually a, too big a portion of rice. And we do it in the U.S. It's even, of course, a bigger portion of rice here. So... I tried cauliflower rice, and it was delicious. It cut the cooking time in half, so it was quicker to prepare, less time, um, equally delicious. And I I love that recipe because it's so Mediterranean with seafood, with herbs and spices, um, the way it's prepared. It's, you know, what they like is simple, good quality ingredients. Put it together, and it tastes fantastic, and it's really good for you. So I know you... In here are talking about eating a lot more seafood. 
Yes. Um, which in Florida, we shouldn't be that hard for us to get. But a lot of people feel like they don't know what to do with fish. You know, open up a can of tuna fish, okay. But otherwise, like, you know, go when you go to the grocery store, which fish to get? How do I know it's fresh? How do I cook it? It's got it's really skin question, on it, Robin. whatever. So what, you know, what do we do? So it's usually in Europe, it's what's the freshest there. That is the key. It's not, no one really goes thinking, what am I going to, they shop almost every day. So it's usually, if you're going to the fishmonger, it's what's your best, freshest fish today would be the question. And usually, in, it's usually a woman at the stand when I'm shopping, and they're very opinionated. And when I ask them, and how would you prepare it? They tell me that too. So, Are you, you know, writing these things down? I or do recording write them, them down. with a recorder? Yeah, I, I do yeah. write them down, and mm-hmm. I do do little video recordings with their permission. Mm-hmm. Um, that's part of the whole... When you ask in a restaurant, no, they have to kill you three times if, they tell, if you find out the recipe. But the ladies at the market know exactly how the local restaurant restaurants make it. And they're happy to spill the beans and give you how the recipes are made. And then I, then I go back to the boat and I practice cooking them. And that's the really beauty of this. If I can make it on a boat, come on, you can make these recipes in your kitchen at home. What? Okay. What's in your galley? I have a little three burners gas stove. It's not real powerful. Yeah, it's got like butane. butane. And I've got a very small oven, you know, like the size of a toaster oven. And it doesn't heat really well. So I got to make use with a a questionable boat oven. And then I've got a sink and a refrigerator. (laughs) A refrigerator. And then are you giving us some of those methods of preparation in this? Yeah, that's what the recipes are. These are the ones I collected Mm -hmm. going from port to port in Spain, Italy, France. Turkey, uh, (laughs) Greece, Mm -hmm. you know, from place to place. Um, What recipes did I collect along the way that would be, you know, insightful, easy to prepare, delicious, and really, and then how do you make them? You know, it's not just about reading a recipe. To me, when I'm writing this up for this book, it's really more about the process. How do you cook with something like olive oil? That's the dominant fat they use. Right. Many people damage it with high heat. They they use too high heat. So it's learning to cook at lower temperature, lower heat. Your food actually tastes better. Should you use a different oil when you cook at high heat? Oh, yes, absolutely. You should be using um, like avocado oil or almond oil if you're going to cook it over 400 degrees because that's the smoke point. That's the point at which you start damaging the extra virgin olive oil components. So when you damage the olive oil, you're not turning it into like, hydrogenated to some degree yeah you, you are. are yeah you are making so you're making it unhealthy. you're making nasty unhealthy compounds when you damage an oil oh. you don't want to burn your oil that's what you're doing when you exceed the smoke point you're burning it yes I am doing that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's a, that's a, that's a good stop, point. Robin. So you yeah. need a couple different kinds of oil because yes. sometimes you want that high heat. You want to so, sear something. Yeah, something you want to sear something. But mm-hmm. then I would say you sear it with avocado oil. And then if you could add a little extra virgin olive oil at the end when you simmer it mm-hmm. for that flavor. So, and then you take some traditional recipes and you say you lower the uh, the glycemic index. I'm looking at the Spanish tortilla recipe, which is something I love to make. Yes. Um, but you, I make it with a lot of potatoes. So I would use less potatoes because potatoes, again, they have, the, they have almost... Starchy. This, they're very starchy. They have a very high glycemic load. They're as high as bread and table sugar. Oh. Mashed potatoes are actually higher 
than table sugar, if you can believe that. Really? Yes. You, they melt in your mouth. <laughs> you <don't, laughs> You're depressing they're, me. <laughs> they're, so you save them for holidays. Okay. And then when you use potatoes, I just use a smaller portion of potatoes and throw in some bell pepper or onion or another vegetable instead for that added texture with your tor- Spanish tortilla. What about sweet potato fries? Uh, sweet potatoes are definitely better. They have more fiber, less glycemic load, more nutrient. Good, because that's my favorite thing in the world. Okay. (laughs) All right, so better news there. People are going to be starting out the new year with good intentions, such as starting to eat a Mediterranean diet. It's really the the best diet on the planet. Number one, overall diet for health, Mm -hmm. for longevity, and it's the easiest diet to follow. No, I was going to ask you, I mean, how do you advise people? Because people start out with good intentions, you know, the, the road to hell, and then, you know, start eating those mashed potatoes. Yeah, mean, how, do you, what, how do you advise them? I want people to pick something they can stay with long term. You know, the idea of doing a diet for 10, 20, or 30 days to me, and then what? You go back to what you were doing and gain all the weight back plus five pounds? That doesn't make any sense. Much smarter would be to say, why wouldn't I follow the best diet for the health on the planet. The food's delicious. The meals are easy to prepare. Um, It's easy. I could stick with it. And probably my family and friends are going to like it. I mean, to me, that's like a no-brainer as to what we should be doing. Even the World Health Organization is now stating their policy is no matter where on the planet you live, we should be encouraging everyone to follow a, a Mediterranean diet. Wow. Okay. Well, then we need to start practicing cooking fish more, I guess. And you can even be vegetarian and follow a Mediterranean diet. And you could do a more low-carb version. So one of the nice things, it's so versatile. You can modify it to meet your food preferences. If you don't feel well eating a lot of carbs, then most of your carbs wouldn't come from starchy foods. They would come from vegetable, berries, beans, nuts, um, and, and you can have a little more protein with it, you know, so there's a lot of variety here. And you could even be purely vegetarian and do really well on a, a Mediterranean diet. But, I, but then you would miss out on some of the seafood. If you're, gonna, if you're not eating that much seafood, then I would recommend a seafood supplement. And I talk about supplements that you need to add or could add to optimize your health that go with this too. You said you have a hard time picking a favorite recipe because they're like your children. But I'm going to ask you, I'm sure you have, as we all do, kind of a go-to, a go-to recipe, hardly have to think about it, can throw stuff together, kind of a recipe. What is it? Well, I mean, I really love salad niçoise. I've always liked it. You know, it's just so fantastic. The colors, the flavors, the dressing. What's Um, in a salad niçoise? So... Lettuce with vegetables like tomato, green beans. Traditionally, it has potatoes. I used fennel in this recipe instead. Traditionally, it has tuna. I used um, either, I give people a choice between sardines, little canned sardines or canned pink salmon instead. Why not tuna? Well, tuna has a fairly high mercury level. In it. So it, you can eat it on occasion, but it's not something I would ask someone to start eating several days a week. It's going to be too much mercury. So, wow. I, and they don't eat that much tuna in the Mediterranean. Tuna is like it, it runs seasonally. So there's like a week or two of the year when they can catch tuna, and they do. 
and they eat it at that time. But it's not like it's, you know, serving canned tuna year-round. Okay, so you use sardines or salmon? Is that what you say? I, I like sardines or salmon with it. But, mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many recipes, you know. Um, you know, there's so many salads. There's soups. This, the. Um, but the salad niçoise, that's... Is that I, I'm thinking that was traditionally with anchovies. It, yes, it's and it's that's a classic French Mediterranean mm-hmm. salad dish from Nice. Yeah, and that's one you like to do. Yes. That seems like an easy one for the boat, maybe because you don't have to cook anything. You don't have to cook anything. If you open up a can well, of you, anchovies. You, so. I may, you may, you know, Sardines. blanch some carrots or green beans or something. They're going to go with you know your vegetable portion, but that's it. Mm-hmm. So a little blanching and you're done. What about dessert? Well, in Europe, the theme is they have dessert at least once, maybe twice a day. But it's not like we eat dessert. They eat fresh fruit. So they'll have some grapes. They'll have a slice of watermelon. They might have half an apple that two people, you know, slice. And that's dessert. That's part of their traditional everyday dessert. They'll also make something like I put in here, a blueberry, you know, ricotta cheesecake. They will have that for a special occasion. They don't have Mediterranean. It's not a banned food thing. It's not like no carbs or no fat or no of this protein. There, there are no ban- – if it's real food, it's not banned. It's meant to be enjoyed on occasion. I love that philosophy. Yet they – save those things for special occasions with people you know so they so fruit is an you know once or twice a day event for dessert and then once in a while on a on a you know friday evening sunday afternoon they'll make a real special dessert like um you know a grand marnier souffle or chocolate mousse or the cheesecake I mentioned, you know, something like that. Just once in a while. Just once in a while. So when you're speaking with the fishmongers or the market stall proprietors, I mean, are you speaking to them in their own language? Well, I speak fluent French and Spanish. Oh, you do? I get by in some Italian. It's not great. My Greek is limited. I probably have 20 or 30 words. My Turkish, really not so good at all. I won't shame you for that. (laughs) But uh, having at least two languages really does help. So, you know, besides English, in addition to English. I would think so. Where's your favorite port, favorite port of call in your sailboat? So many. I mean... Take me with you, Stephen. Okay. <laughs> Course sailing around Corsica and France was wonderful. The scenery is incredible. The, the 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 food was great. The best food markets though were in Spain. Like going to Valencia. We spent a week in Valencia on the Mediterranean coast. It's this gorgeous historic town. The market building is like out of Julius Caesar times. I mean, but it's fantastic. They let you, they, you're tasting everything. They're selling olives and pickles and wine and olive oil and dark chocolate and all these things. They have you taste before you buy them. I love that. So I guess you wouldn't sail around to the Atlantic. That would be rougher sailing around to we the Atlantic. We sailed literally down the French Atlantic coast around northern Spain, around Portugal oh, to get did. into the Mediterranean. Oh. That's, we started in northern Spain, in northern France. You bought the boat there? We bought the boat in France and then sailed into the Mediterranean, then spent a, a seven-month sailing Yes. So that would have been tough. There's not like an intracoastal waterway that you could have gone no, through. No, you just 
it's open, it it's open ocean sailing. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's exciting. How big is your boat? 42 feet. Yeah. A catamaran. Nice boat. Yes. So there's kind of a whole Mediterranean lifestyle, though, outside, I guess. There absolutely is. So some of the benefit clearly comes from the nutrients in the food, unmistakably. Yet there's other benefits that come from how they live that are clearly make the Mediterranean lifestyle overall and make the Mediterranean diet look good. I mean, just for an example, they're more active than we are in the U.S. They walk more. I mean, typically they walk to work or bicycle to work or walk to the grocery store every day. We don't really do that. Um, there is a process, in, whether you're in France or Italy or Spain or Greece, people walk in the evening. The, before or after dinner, the whole family goes for a stroll, and they might be out, want, instead of watching a screen, whether it's their computer or television, they're out walking in the community and visiting people. So it, there's social connection with the two. And then when they eat... Their meals are long and leisurely. I don't think we ever had a meal in Europe in a seven-month period that was under 90 minutes. Really? It's no, leisurely. We, we, no way we do that. It's leisurely. <laughs> and it's with people. Yeah. You know, for example, I, we had a couple times workers on the boat, a mechanic or someone, you know, a sailmaker or something, and I'm making recipes, right? And so I'm saying, hey, would you like to try this? And they look at me like, well, yes, I'd like to try it, but I don't have time to sit down for a whole meal. No, and they I, don't they, get. They just... don't just take a sit and take a stand up bite or a snack. Mm -hmm. It's either they sit for a meal and they talk and they communicate, or they don't eat. So, mm -hmm. you know, they they don't eat much breakfast. Maybe coffee, little fruit, yogurt, maybe sometimes eggs on the weekend, but. Mostly, they have a big lunch and a big dinner. Right. Well, that's. I mean, it's fun to hear about that kind of a lifestyle, to learn about it. But we're not going to change our culture, so we're going to have to adapt these we recipes. We to could our we quicker lifestyle. We could, though, adapt in the sense that we eat food at a table with people and not have a television or a computer screen or a phone on. And we talk about the food and communicate. So I think that's something we really should be doing for our health. And be more active too, being outdoors. You know, they eat food outside more often. They're with nature more often. I think there's several aspects of a Mediterranean lifestyle that we would benefit if we tried to use more of them. And I tried to put that kind of information in the book because I think it would, they have far lower rates of anxiety and depression we do. And I think a lot of it has to do with how they live. Those sound like wonderful tips to start off the new year. Dr. Stephen Masley, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Robin. That was Dr. Stephen Masley. His book is called The Mediterranean Method, and he shared his recipes for whitefish ceviche with avocado, mango, and tomato, and for pears poached with wine and cinnamon. You can find them on our website, thezestpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe to The Zest. It's free and it's easy to do. And if you like what you hear, give us a rating on iTunes. I'm Robin Sessingham. Dalia Cologne and I produce The Zest with help from Megan Trimble, Mark Hayes, and Craig George. The Zest is a production of WUSF Public Media.